Alright, and welcome to episode 7 of Cutting It Close with Cliff Bailey. I am your host, Cliff Bailey. This podcast is brought to you by phaseonmedia.com, which is a fancy way of saying it's brought to you by me. But if you have a need to make your local business or yourself look awesome, but you don't have a huge budget, let me know and I can help you out. I do video editing, video production, audio production, voiceover, graphic and layout design for print and publication, photography. I even MC events from time to time. Uh, if you need a, a motivational public speaker, I can do that too. So check it out at phazonmedia.com and I'll help you out. Or if you want to support me and slash or the podcast but don't have a need to hire me then please click on over to patreon.com slash phase on media and do consider making a donation no donation is too small now you can also follow us at cutting close pod on the twittergram or cutting it close pod on facebook add a .com to that and you'll have the web address and uh Let's see. Uh, that's it as far as announcements go. Uh, this week on the pod, got Tracy Chan. Oh my gosh. She was so much fun. Uh, totally nerded out over sci-fi, pop culture stuff. Uh, let's see. She is. She does it all. She does a lot of stuff. Uh, bonded over our um, apparent ADHD. Or I think she actually has it. I forget what, what, what she's. I don't remember. We get into it though. I uh, have a lot of common friends on Facebook. She's a photographer, a steampunker, um, works for Hawaii Magazine. Oh crap! Am I gonna, I'm reading my old notes. No, I think that's the new one. Yeah. Um, went to UH. She's uh, she was a club DJ for a while for the industrial goth scene, and uh, started her own. Uh, well, actually, I'm sorry. With a friend, she started uh, her own uh, promotional company, Nephilim Halls. Uh, into the same nerd stuff as me, Neil Gaiman, uh, Doctor Who, or Orphan Black. No, I need. I forgot to ask her about Orphan Black. Crap. Um, but uh, Supernatural, and I thought I was behind on Supernatural. But she's only she's three seasons in, but she's only been into it for a couple months, and uh, I'm in it's up to season eight. And uh, I've been into it for a little over a year now. But uh, anyway, she also knows OC Remix, Overclocked Remix. So that's pretty groovy. Uh, let's see. What else can I tell you about our conversation? Um, yeah, we'll have her on again, I think. Uh, either doing like a steampunk panel or Firefly or something like that. Maybe uh, along with some someone else. Uh, let's see. What else are we talking about? God Industrial. Um, oh, Bauhaus. I'm something or other. I, we forgot to write it down. <laughs> uh, you can follow her on the Instagrams uh, at Chance808. That's C-H-A-N-T-S-808. She's also the uh, leader of the Steampunk Hawaii group. So if you're into steampunk, uh, check her out. Check out the group. Uh, they always have uh, lots of fun photos of the meetups and one of these days I'll get there too um yeah that's that's pretty much it uh if if this if you're a nerd this is your episode 
again, we had so so freaking fun. Um, yeah, I uh, want to get uh, more folks like this on the program. Although, well, anyone with an interesting story. But it was just a lot of fun to finally nerd out with someone. So hope you dig it. Um, oh, also related to nerd stuff, want to let you know about the short film I'm working on, uh, The Golem's Curse. Uh, still working on post on that. Uh, really trying to hammer out the visual effects for the uh, the creature. Uh, basically, it's three dudes who get together to uh, continue a D&D campaign. That's Dungeons and Dragons. And the dungeon master, the guy uh, heading up the show, uh, comes across an old version, old rare, obscure edition of the Monster Manual. And then he has one of the uh, fellas recite an incantation as part of the adventure. And hilarity ensues. Uh, starring a uh, local film actor, John Huser, also a Navy veteran, uh, two Army uh, vets. Uh, well, I guess they're still, they might still be active duty as of this recording, I'm not sure. Uh, Creighton Gordon and Colton Dunavent. Thank you, fellas. And uh, then also Josh Slotnick for opening up his home as a uh, filming location and for playing uh, another part in the film that I don't want to get into because it's kind of spoilery, but uh, you can check that out at golemscurse.com. Uh, there we have the trailer. Maybe have some more material up by the time this thing uh, hits the digital airwaves. All right, that's enough of everything, I think. Tracy Chan, so much fun to talk to. Hope you dig it. And here we go. Actually, sorry, one one last quick thing. Uh, this uh, episode is kind of brought to you by Blue Jacket Authentic Threads for veterans by veterans. My man, Johnny Haynes. Uh, sailor in the Navy about to get out started up a t-shirt company there are a lot of veteran owned businesses out there phase on media being one of them and a lot of apparel companies t-shirt companies and blue jack authentic blue jackets authentic threads is uh, for the Navy folks fans of the Navy are especially sailors uh, let's see what they say on the website here. We are Blue Jacket Authentic Threads, and simply put, we design clothing for the true, authentic, and unapologetic warfighters out there on the battlefield of life. You don't have to be a veteran to wear our gear, but understand that these threads are for Americans that share the same love, forgotten country that the brave men and women in our armed forces fight to protect. Uh, website is bluejacketauthentic.com. That's like the color blue, jacket, full metal, authentic. Only one way to spell that, .com, bluejacketauthentic.com. They've got t-shirts. Uh, the beatings will continue until morale improves. Uh, warheads on foreheads. Uh, the sick call commando. The uh, boot hat. Uh, U.S. Naval Amphibious Forces. All sorts of good stuff. And uh, looks like some, some stuff for the ladies. Um, hmm. Because I actually saw that uh, some ladies were saying, hey, where's stuff for the ladies? Uh, yeah, so check it out, bluejacketauthentic.com. Uh, if you go there and order, use the promo code CUTITCLOSE. That's C-U-T-I-T-C-L-O-S-E. Uh, let's see, you get free shipping if you use the promo code CUTITCLOSE. So check it out, Blue Jacket Authentic Threads, for veterans, by veterans. And now, enjoy the conversation with Tracy Chan. I think it was something political. Okay. Like some sort of organization or something. I was also working for Kaleo at UH. Oh, okay. That's the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> cool. 
Do you consider yourself politically active or? Um, not anymore. I'm, okay. I'm perhaps a retired activist. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, we've already started. I just hit record and just let it go. I try to make this as, as casual as possible. So, you know, I don't feel like you have to put your guard up or whatever, but I totally understand because you've got a big microphone stuck right in your face. Well, I can't even see it. There's a screen in front. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, do you, do you sound okay to yourself? Um, do you um, need any? Because I can just adjust the headphones. Or there's well, there's a tiny bit. Um, it's I'll probably just use one ear. Okay, yeah. That's what I do when I'm DJing. Oh, nice. Do you I DJ? like to be able to hear what's around. I do. I no? do a lot of stuff. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I was just looking at your Facebook page. Um, I, I know you're a photographer. I first heard of you through Star, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to have her on here as well at some point because she's a lot of fun. Star is amazing. Yes. I love Star. Yeah. <laughs> a little shout out to Star. It's my girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, she told me when I was still in the military um, working in public affairs that I should link up with you at some point for life after the military. And this is not like an opportunist to grab or, or anything. Um, just, um, she's like, you're in the media, Tracy's in the media, you should really talk to her and make, and do photos and stuff. I was like, oh my God, slow down. <laughs> yeah, we're both really good at connecting people. That's one of the things I love to do. And obviously Star is great at it too. Yeah, no, I, yeah, that, that is fun. Like, you, you know, two people who, uh, should like work together, collaborate or whatever. And seeing it happen is just amazing. She's constantly doing that. She's like, I know this amazing person. You should talk to them. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's how I first heard of you. And then I didn't actually meet you until Swing Back to the 40s in February. Um, I didn't know who you were at first. He was like a, a photographer coming. I was like, oh, yeah, da, 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 da. Um, So, um, yeah, and then I found, then I learned who you were. I was like, oh, my God, cool. And then we became friends on Facebook. I really appreciate that. And um, I just love following the stuff that you do. Um, yeah, I do do a lot of stuff. I yeah. mean, I... Sometimes the main problem is focus. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a problem I am uh, find myself running into as well. Um do I sound okay? Levels are okay. Oh, I just don't have the headphones turned up very loud. Oh, there we go. Okay, yeah. That's <laughs> fine. Yeah, that was, that's just, yeah. Um, so, yeah, a lot of stuff. Like, um, photographer, um, steampunk, um, writing. Uh, what don't you do? Um, well, I don't do modeling. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't play the trumpet. Okay. But you do do a mean trombone, I've heard. Uh, <laughs> Let's not go there. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've been considering the automaton, actually. Oh, wait. Well, or possibly I, the kazoo. That's that's a little electronic thing. Um, automaton is actually this weird, like, it's sort of almost an anime-looking instrument. Yeah, uh, speaking of nerds. It looks kind of like a trumpet, and it's uh-huh. got this bulb at the bottom with a little face that you squeeze, and yeah. it makes weird kazoo uh-huh. sounds. Yeah. Um, there's actually a great Rage Against the Machine cover out there on YouTube with like all the guys playing toy instruments. One of them's an automaton. One is like a toy keyboard. One's like a tiny little plastic drum set. I will have <laughs> to look that up. Um, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, I do a ton of stuff, and you get paid to do a lot of this stuff too, right? Which is the dream. Not enough. Yeah. That's always the struggle, but. Mm. Yeah, so um, I've been a nightlife and entertainment journalist in Honolulu for the last nine years, recently retired. Wow. Um, I do, I run Steampunk Hawaii. I'm the primary administrator. Star is my co-organizer. We do 
cosplay events, meetups at the Hawaiian Railway Society in Eva. Yeah. Um, I've done, I've hosted meetups pretty much all over town. Like, we have a great relationship with Foster Botanical Gardens. We'll mm. actually be at their Midsummer Night's Gleam on July 15th. Oh, cool. It's evening in the garden. They put out all these little fairy lights, light up the paths. Mm. Um, this year's theme is Star Wars. So uh, they're getting the 501st Legion out there. They're getting the Lightsaber Academy. That's huge. Um, and they're getting us, which we actually just had a huge sci-fi steampunk meetup over at the Railway Society. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of our guys, like, they just decked out to mm-hmm. the nines. Steampunk, sci-fi, they love it. Yeah. I love checking out the pictures from those events, yeah. too. It's just amazing what, what people can Such do. Such a creative group. I, I yeah. love being a part of it. That's so cool. Um, so recently retired from yeah. uh, documenting Hawaii nightlife. Yeah, so I currently have a semi-boring office job, I guess. I'm okay. the digital media manager for Hawaii Magazine, which is a publication aimed at visitors to the island, part-time residents, mm-hmm. people who have moved away and love it so they want to stay in touch, mm, sure. that kind of thing. But that's that's my... That's my professional job now. Right on. Uh, so how did you get into all this in the first place? Like nine years ago, how did you get... Was that with Frolic? Um, no, actually, Frolic is only about two and a half years old. Oh. The, oh. Well, I started with Kaleo at the University of Hawaii at right. Manoa. Mm-hmm. I went there for my journalism degree, and um, I ended up running or helping to run this tiny little website called Kalamakua, which is no longer around. It's kind mm-hmm. of an arts and literature webzine online. Mm-hmm. Um, we hosted poetry slams. We hosted all kinds of fun, kind of disruptive stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and then before I graduated, actually, my staff advisor at Kaleo got a call, and he said he um, came to me, and he was like, hey, the Honolulu Advertiser is doing this new website, and they're looking for people who are connected with the community. And at that time, I was also a DJ. Oh, yeah. Um, I had started doing photography for the newspaper. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I knew some people already. Uh, and so they brought me on board to launch the first ever Metro Mix in Honolulu. Oh, what's that? It's a Chicago-based program, actually. Oh, or was. I'm not sure how many of them are still in existence. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was basically like a fun nightlife party pick website. Oh, awesome. We covered bars, clubs, the dining scene. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and um, we, we were the new kids. Like, people weren't quite sure what to think of us. It's like, digital <laughs> media, digital journalism, are you guys real? Right. Like, you're having too much fun for this to be a real job. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I did that for two years before the Honolulu Advertiser closed down. Mm-hmm. I... Um, Went out to all the bars and clubs, shot party picks, mm-hmm. did reviews, nice. did like dining stuff, concerts. Awesome. That so sort of thing. Sorry. Oh. oh. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm sorry for uh, adjusting my microphone halfway through. I'm still kind of learning how to do this. Make sure this is recording. It is recording. Good. Okay. Um, uh, so DJ, like radio DJ or spinning disc DJ? Oh no, um, club DJ actually. Nice. Yeah, so I, I got into that sort of by accident. I was running with this crew of indie rock DJs. Nice. <laughs> um, I've always been kind of into the goth industrial scene, so I was going to nightclub events and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and my boys had a couple nights. They had a night over at Lava Rock Lounge in the old international marketplace. Mm-hmm. And they had a night at Nextdoor, which showcased local indie rock bands called mm-hmm. Kaleidoscope. Mm-hmm. Um, so my... <laughs> My mentor at the time, the the first time I actually ended up spinning, he was kind of drunk. And he was like, I gotta use the bathroom. Here, play music. It was vinyl. 
Wow. There were a lot of buttons. I was kind of, I was like, what do I do? He's like, just uh, hit that. <laughs> okay, now wait till the end of the song. Now hit that. <laughs> now take the record off. I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't know what the heck I'm doing, but somehow I managed to do it. Nice. Um, and I still DJ infrequently to this day. Cool. Like, just it for fun or like um, little pocket money or whatever? You know, well, not really. Not, not for the money. Oh, not okay. for the money, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah, occasionally yeah. I get paid, but if I'm running my own night, mm-hmm. I'm also uh, with Nightlight Promotion Group, Nephilim Halls Productions. We yeah. do goth industrial events. Oh. Um, more occasional now because day job is kicking my ass. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's it's not for the money. It's mostly for fun. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, um, Nephilim Halls, uh, is that that's something you started? Um. <clears throat> My former partner actually started it. It okay. began as a website, nephilimhalls.com, uh-huh. and our objective was to cover the dark alternative community, goth, industrial, rivethead, um, cyberpunk, steampunk later on when that came about, mm-hmm. and kind of the all the related subcultures and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, so then it branched out into a promotion group, when one of our partners ended up bringing down some bands, like oh. Assemblage 23, Blackburner, which is this kind of industrial dubstep band from L.A. Nice. And this was in 2012. Well, okay, it's about five years ago. Want to say? Yeah. Ish. I have yeah. the poster somewhere. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so um, we became a promotion group. There's... I have a small crew, mm-hmm. you know, we're very self-contained, I have a graphic mm-hmm. designer, nice. DJs, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, where does the name uh, Nephilim come from? Um, it's actually a biblical and yeah. Enochian thing. Uh-huh. And what thing? So. Biblical and. Um, oh, Enochian. Enoch. Yeah, yeah, Enochian. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's. Nephilim were the um, reputed children of angels and humans. Mm -hmm. Like, the angels came down to Earth. They fell in love with usually human women Mm -hmm. and um, ended up procreating with them. And that's how the Nephilim were supposed to have come about. Um, Biblically or in mythology, they were giants often Uh or kind of like demigods, Mm -hmm. I guess. And isn't Goliath supposed to be an ancestor or descendant of them? It's possible. Okay. It's possible. Okay. Cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah, because I, I, that's where I heard it from, but I didn't want to, like, you know, lead the question or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, when I was pretty young, I ended up reading the Book of Enoch, which is this... Uh, how do I describe it? It came out, I want to say, in the late 80s or something like that, when the whole mysticism... Mm trend was in full swing and Mm -hmm. it was uh, purported to be one of the lost books of the bible that had been repressed by the church interesting um and so it had like all this stuff about the angels about the nephilim Mm -hmm. and i read it when i was like 12 and i was like this stuff is great (laughs) yeah that's cool did you grow up like in a religious home or anything like that uh sort of half religious my mother was very religious my father was not okay um what flavor my brother was very much into comics and fantasy. Nice. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Okay, that's, that's fine. Okay, that's kind cool. Of yeah. One of those things. No problem. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, cutting it close, but not exploitatively. So, sort, of, sort of related to Seventh day Adventists. Okay. Yeah, so church on Saturdays. That's cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you're, you've been interested in, in like, the other realm, it seems. I guess. 
the mystical, the fantastical. Um, yeah. I have been an avid reader since a very early age. Um, My mom would drop me off at the library and I went through like probably the entire sci-fi and fantasy section by the time I was 13. Nice. (laughs) So. um, What's the draw to that for you? Just creativity, ideas, Mm -hmm. um, alternate worlds, Mm -hmm. the draw for anyone Mm -hmm. who is into that kind of stuff, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I, I noticed on your Facebook page, um, and it doesn't surprise me at all, because I didn't want to make any assumptions, but um, you're into Neil Gaiman, and specifically, I saw American Gods referenced on there. Mm-hmm. Um, what, when did you first... Have you seen the Stars show? I'm still trying to get into it. I saw the uh, first, first and second episodes, and I mm-hmm. was like, okay, this is weird. It's taking a little bit of getting used to for me. I didn't mm-hmm. love it right off the bat like some Gaiman fans. Oh, really? Um, is it not? I haven't seen any of it yet. Do you, is it's, it because of the translation from book to well, screen? Sort of. It's interesting. Like a lot of the dialogue, they take word for word from the book itself. But then there's these weird atmospheric interludes, hmm. and there's stuff that happens without dialogue. And there's hmm. just I, I'm not so sure about the casting either. Really? I okay. mean, Gaiman approved it, but I'm kind of like eh. <laughs> maybe that's why you write books and People not aren't TV the ones shows. Who do, oh, he does write TV shows because he did Doctor Who a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Those were actually really fun. I'm yeah. a big Doctor Who fan. As Same well. here. <laughs> but I'm kind of I was I feel late to the game. I didn't start getting into it until about three or four years ago. Oh, okay. Um, and then started from the well the beginning of the reboot in 2005. 2005 right. Yeah, and then on up. Haven't seen any of the new season yet though. Ah, uh, I just started the new season. I'm trying to catch up. Nice. But um, as far as all that, yeah, I got into it in 2005 too. Christopher Eccleston is my doctor. <laughs> nice. um, I, I love some of the older ones too. Doctor mm. Five, Peter Davidson, it's mm-hmm. a big favorite of mine. Tom Baker, of course. Mm. I believe he was the second doctor. The second? I think. I thought he was a, wait. No, I thought he was the sixth. He's a scarf, right? Uh, no, that's the other guy. Oh. I can't remember his name. Okay. Not important. Something. <laughs> if you want to look it up, that's cool. Yeah. But, um, that's all right. Yeah. Um, so, what? what? Where were we? Doctor Who and <laughs> Neil Gaiman? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, big yeah. big draw to the sci-fi and fantasy, mm-hmm. and um, that's probably partly why I'm interested in steampunk as well. Yeah. The whole alternate thing. Um, when I was in high school, I was actually one of the few cyberpunks in my school. I was maybe one of three. <laughs> uh, define that term, cyberpunk. Um, it's kind of like a punk, but you're really into technology. Uh-huh. Um like we kind of we just thought it was fun so we decked ourselves out with like circuit boards and wires and stuff <laughs> That's awesome. like you have the requisite black leather jacket that uh-huh. all the punks have but okay. i have like a giant circuit board on my back and wow stuff. <laughs> that's and how old are you high school um that was Middle high school, school. Okay. cyberpunk actually came about in the 80s and the 80s oh. where it's heyday with william gibson um, kind of that dystopian, gritty, mm-hmm. like technolo- technological world with mm-hmm. hackers and corporations fighting, right. that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so yeah, that's also kind of something I'm into the mm-hmm. sci-fi aspect. Yeah. But um, that translated over into steampunk. When I first discovered steampunk mm-hmm. was over here, mm-hmm. and um, it was in a nightclub. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> DJ Nocturna, who runs a lot of the goth industrial events in town, mm-hmm. uh, had a steampunk fashion show. And I want to say this was in like 2013 or 2014. Okay. So kind of I'd have to look that up too. I'm not sure. <laughs> but um, 
these people came out and they were decked out in like gears and goggles and top hats and Mm -hmm. this one guy had like a full-on mechanical arm Mm -hmm. and i was like wow what what even is this i've never seen this before but it's amazing yeah um and so i uh started talking more to these people and learning more about it Mm -hmm. um the guy with the mechanical arm his name was zimran Okay. And he's actually in L.A., Hollywood, doing movies right now, I think. Wow. But um, he started the original Steampunk Hawaii on Facebook. Awesome. And then I kind of inherited it from him when he moved mm-hmm. and um, transferred it over to a group. The group just took off and mm-hmm. exploded. It's got, I don't know, maybe 860-something members in it now. Okay. That's significant. <laughs> um, about 50 people show up to our meetups. Yeah. On a good day. I've wanted to go to one for so long, but just you should come. It's been like one thing or another, and um, like I don't, I don't know how to dress. If you don't have anything to wear, don't even worry about it. Um, Just bring a camera. Okay. If you have the, Mm -hmm. we we have lax rules on photographers dressing up. Okay. Some of them do. (laughs) Um, I'm one of the few photographers who dresses up. Dallas Mm. Nagato White is another one who dresses up. Mm -hmm. You've probably heard of her. Yes. Um, At one point or another, we've actually had most of the photographers on the island mm-hmm. at our meetups, I think. Okay. Um, doesn't matter if you're a model photographer, cosplay photographer, mm-hmm. you just shoot for fun, you sure. shoot landscapes, come out. Okay. It's still really fun. All right. Um, where was I, though? Uh, uh. <laughs> Sorry, tangents. No, that's okay. So many tangents. Yeah, that's that's my typical train of thought. Uh, yeah, so typical steampunk fashion for right. men. Um, get a shirt. Mm. Can be white, can be red, can be brown, whatever, can be striped. Mm-hmm. Um, get a vest, get a pocket watch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe get some goggles, and that's like basic. I do have some goggles. Do you? I have a pair of Quidditch goggles and um, some like actually like modern uh, motorcycle goggles from when I had a moped. Hmm. For, like, That'd probably minutes. work. Yeah. Yeah. I love goggles. Goggles have always been. Goggles cool. are fun. Yeah. Um, so are you into like the comic cons and stuff too? Uh, yeah, I've I've typically. always covered them for work. Nice. And, well, if you're running around with a camera, it's a little harder to do an elaborate costume. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. I've managed a couple times. It's a pain in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I've always been at the cons, and now that I'm no longer an entertainment photographer at Nightlife mm-hmm. and Features, it's a little harder for me to go. I actually mm. have to, like, pay, pay yeah. and <laughs> hang out. But I still have mm. some good friends who are vendors, and I still love going and just kind of experiencing the scene. Nice. Because <laughs> I, I just, I think two years ago, I learned that we have Comic-Cons, but then I learned that there's two Comic-Cons. Uh, last year, there were actually, like, six or something. Seriously? Wow. Yeah, they, they discovered that it was a lucrative business, and yeah. a bunch of people from the mainland jumped on it. Okay. Um, this year, we have... Well, Kawaii-Con's past. Yeah. We have Comic-Con Honolulu. We have Amazing Hawaii Comic-Con, which is in September. I believe Comic-Con Honolulu is in July. That's the one I'm going to. Okay. It's going to be my first one. Oh, ever. congratulations. Thanks. What are you going to dress as? No freaking clue. Uh, Jen and I have talked about, um, actually, for Halloween last year, when Stormy would have been about six yeah, about six months old, we were going to do something where he would be Baby Groot, because all the babies got to be Baby Groot. Um, <laughs> but now we're talking about maybe doing something similar to that for the Comic-Con, because I got tickets for the whole family. Yeah. Um, so, otherwise, no clue. We talked about, like, a doctor and a companion. Um, 
Firefly characters, um, something, but uh, at this point, who knows? Yeah, <laughs> it'll be fun either way, especially yeah. like doing a family cosplay is really fun. Yeah. I always love the families that cosplay together. Mm, it's mm-hmm. kind of, it helps everybody be creative and mm-hmm. it's kind of a bonding ritual, right? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's like even like I, something I struggle with and I've been trying to overcome it is like just embracing that passion you know the 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 enjoyment of it um partly because i don't feel as though i qualify as a bona fide nerd geek fan whatever because i like so much stuff and i'm i'm kind of afraid to immerse myself in one thing Hmm. and i don't know why well you don't necessarily have to i mean i do a ton of stuff and it's kind of just switching rapidly from one thing to another for me but Hmm. um you know what they say, too. I mean, if you're interested, you'll pursue it mm-hmm. until you're no longer interested. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that's one thing I, I have a problem with focusing on one thing as well. Um, <laughs> partly because I'm afraid of, like, getting locked into this one thing and then I can't do anything else ever again. As my mind, for some reason, is very binary. It's like on or off, you know, with, with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been trying to... I, I don't know if it's a matter of, like, pulling back and seeing how that's not the case and you can go from one thing to one thing or like rather looking at things breaking it down into very many tiny ons and offs hmm. you know making black and white gray in yeah, that way I'm kind of like that I have the opposite of ADHD where mm. I have like deep focus but mm-hmm. I can rapidly switch from one thing to another uh-huh. um, and it sounds like you might have the same issue <laughs> well, I'm trying to capitalize on it because um, one one thing I one problem I've had is over committing to several projects or starting many projects and not finishing any. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's one thing I've, I've committed myself to this year is like really tackling that. And I've, I've finally started accomplishing that. I've, I finished one project. I'm in the middle of finishing another project I started a year ago, but then my, my swing back video project from February, that's oh. still in limbo, but <laughs> they're starting to talk to me now and be like, Hey, where's the video? I'm like, Oh, okay. I guess I better get on that. Um, yeah. And then uh, started a little T-shirt thing, online T-shirt company thing. Oh, neat. Um, and I'm finding that it's kind of good to take a break from this one short film I'm working on and work on the T-shirts. Then once that once that creative juice runs dry, go back to the other thing. I'm like, ah, now I've got all these great ideas. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, and so I think that's going to be kind of how my approach works. I don't know. Actually, as long as it gets done, and mm. nobody says you have to dive into cosplay head yeah. first and like go super hardcore about it i mean mm-hmm. just try it out yeah you know just try it out see what happens mm-hmm. see how deep you want to get into it yeah one thing i've re- that's really been encouraging is seeing how <laughs> accepting the community is because i've always been afraid like if i try this i'm gonna fail some way and someone's gonna laugh at me you know good old-fashioned fear from from childhood mm. uh, and insecurity and stuff well let's put it this way there's <coughs> um a lot of really crappy stuff out there and mm. there's always bound to be somebody worse than you. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's but, also a lot of great stuff out there that you can get inspiration from, though. Yeah, and I've found, like, in, in any community, as long as you show sincerity and authenticity, you know, in your desire to contribute, and it's not, and, and you know, contribute, not, like, try to be in the spotlight necessarily, um, then they're generally more forgiving and accepting it, like, oh, great, hey! 
yeah, I can totally see the under the outline of your underwear, but uh, no, you're cool. Your heart's and I see what you were trying to do with that, you know, uh-huh. uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I found the community here to be very encouraging and mm. very supportive. And if you have questions, if you have like even logistical, um, how do I keep my junk from showing stuff <laughs> <Yes>. like that <laughs> um, people are willing to help you <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's super cool i saw some really bad cosplay photos on the internet this morning that i kind of wish i could forget now oh yeah <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah okay yeah well that that's kind of getting to the weeds but where's the line between you know acceptance and like whoa you know i don't know decency um I mean, well, there's that whole line of just fake it till you make it. Oh, sure. But usually, like, once you try, once you put yourself out there, uh-huh. just being out there is the starting point because you'll see mm. what other people are doing better. You'll pick up ideas from them. You'll go back. You'll modify your own stuff. Mm-hmm. And you'll just keep getting better and better from there. Yeah. Assuming you have the time and energy and interest for it. Mm, yes, indeed. <laughs> indeed. Um, <coughs> supernatural. Are you in a Supernatural. I am. I'm uh, uh, trying to get through it right now. I'm actually on the third season. Oh, really? Yeah. Whoa, I thought I was behind. <laughs> um, Shush. <laughs> no, I started watching a uh, year, year and a half ago. Oh. Um, before, before our son was born. Well, I only started watching a few months ago. So. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, there, there's been fits and starts and, and binges and singles and halves and <laughs> whatever. So Yeah. yeah. There's um, so many good shows out there right now, exactly. too. It's like, how do you, especially if you have really limited time, like, how do you see everything you want to see? Exactly. Which, on one hand, is great for On Demand. Yeah. Uh, or, or Netflix. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. That's how, that's how I'm getting like, Supernatural. Things. Let's see. Right now, I'm trying to watch Supernatural, Neil Gun- or Doctor Who, mm-hmm. um... I finished Dark Matter. Oh, Great show, by the way. If you Jen haven't seen that. it, I would recommend it. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. We've been watching a sci-fi anime called Psychopaths. Okay. Not familiar with that. I'll write that it's, down. It's actually kind of cyberpunkish Ghost in the Shell-ish. Ooh. <coughs> oh, Ghost in the Shell. What did, you, did you see the movie? Or I, I, I didn't actually see the live action movie. I heard a lot of people talking about it, but I haven't seen it yet. I would prefer not to... Um, mm, spend money on it. Well, no, I mean, I'd prefer <laughs> not to form an opinion until I do see it. Of course. But at the same time, I'll probably not spend money on it mm-hmm. unless it's like two ninety nine on Amazon or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the same way with a lot of films. Um, you know, I wouldn't watch it unless a friend pays for it and it's on TV or something mm-hmm. which whatever I'm a really big yeah. fan of the original animated ghost in the shell mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do you feel like like okay so yeah what's what do you think of like all the the reboots and remakes like did did ghost in the shell warrant a live action interpretation or does it matter if it warranted or not maybe these people were inspired by the art and wanted to make their own version of it I mean it's a Hollywood uh, studio yeah, I mean sometimes Things are well done. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're just completely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know there's a lot of creative people out there doing their thing right now, mm-hmm. and it seems like reboots are... They take less creativity. Mm-hmm. They're kind of... Especially some of them that are just retelling the exact story with a little bit different interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um like the it seems psych- like it's oh, kind of a cop out. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Oh, like the Psycho remake. Uh, wasn't that Gus Van Sant? I think he. Uh, I I didn't see it because um, that was a long time ago. Um, but apparently, from what I what I've read, it's a shot for shot remake 
hmm. of Psycho. Just with different actors? With Vince Vaughn and I forget who plays the lady. But it's in color, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's people out there in the world who have always wanted to see Psycho in color. Yeah, with, yeah, with modern <laughs> actors. I mean, I don't know if they updated it to modern times as well, you know, instead of being set in the 60s. Um, I'm very indifferent about that kind of thing. I'm, mm. I'm pretty meh <laughs> about remaking something shot for shot in the modern day. Yeah. It's kind of like, well, you could do your own story. Yeah. Or you could take this legendary icon of the culture and mm-hmm. you could remake it shot for shot. Why? Mm. I might say it could be a good exercise, maybe, if I you're suppose. trying to learn how to do it. But, but are you really going to put it on the big screen and have people pay 16 bucks for it? Sucker's born every minute, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Well, okay, so in that regard, um, what do you think of, like, fan films? Hmm. Or fanfic, for that matter. <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe let's not go there. Ooh, but that's fan, a touchy subject. Fan films, <laughs> intended. Yeah, um, like people. Well, I don't know. I mean, and maybe uh, just just curious to hear your thoughts on it. Fan modifications, fan films. You're talking like yeah, movies, video games, literature. Well, I saw a really <coughs> well done one um, on Darth Maul. Hmm. Um, I forget exactly what the story was. I think it was. I think it was basically his graduation into like full Sithdom or something, huh. and he like ended up killing a bunch of Jedi and stuff. Oh, is it Jedi or Jedi's? It is Jedi. Jedi. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> um, I hear both so often. Um, uh-huh. But um, yeah, that was that was really well done. It was these people, you know, taking a known property, making their own story, and um, doing that. So yeah. Yeah. As with any genre, I mean, there's so many talented people out there in Mm -hmm. the indie world Mm -hmm. and there's so much incredible stuff like you find if you just surf YouTube you can find the absolute worst and the best (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know it's um, I don't know I'm I'm glad that people are exercising their creativity Um, Mm. there's some amazing stuff out there Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah, I don't I don't know where I was going with that, but it seemed kind of related. Um, but anyway, um, okay. So, you're are you from Hawaii? Did you grow um, up here? I'm not. I actually grew up in California. No um, my dad was here actually before I was born, and then again after. Mm-hmm. And so when I moved over here to go to college, it was because of my dad because he lived here already. Oh, okay. Uh, and so it only took me. It took me a year to not pay out-of-state tuition. Oh, okay. But I just worked for that time, saved up a little money, and mm-hmm. then by the time I was a resident, I started going to college again. Nice. Cool. Uh, where in California did you grow up? Um, SoCal when I was a kid. Cool. In the mountains, like Arrowhead, Big Bear. Oh, okay. Ski resort town. I can't remember. Oh, so wait, that's that's Southern California? Yeah. Oh, it's above L.A. Oh, um, okay. There's, I, I guess. You may have heard of Big Bear. It's like this big ski resort. I like have. Arrowhead is just below it. I've heard of those. I think my I think my dad's been there a couple times. Um, but I have family in Northern California. Oh. And I've been to Sacramento once. And San Francisco, when I was a kid, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. fun family trips and stuff. I lived in um, the Central Coast for a while. I was in San Luis Obispo and Rio okay. Grande. I know San Luis Obispo because when I worked for Holiday Inn, I booked some hotel reservations there. Oh, I worked <laughs> for Holiday Inn, too. No kidding. Yeah, Doing I actually, what? well, I was a night auditor, night manager. Oh, okay. I worked yeah. at a reservation center. Oh, 
okay. Yeah. That wow, was, uh, I may have actually talked to you on the phone at some point. <laughs> uh, to, uh, uh, so summer 2002 to fall 2003. Yeah, I came over here in 2008. Worked for Holiday Inn, I want to say... Between, like, 2006 and 2007. Oh, okay. okay. I actually worked for Holiday Inn at Chico for a while, too. Nice. That's cool. <laughs> um, small world. Um, Indeed. I, yeah, I got that job out of college um, at the Reservation Center, and then it closed down the following October. Yeah. So, hmm. yeah, cool. Holiday Inn. Interesting. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, that was my first call center job. And then uh, from, well, I've had many jobs. But I guess my second call center job was Time Warner Cable. Ah. As a customer service rep for them. That for, must have been fun. Oh, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> Tech support. Ups. Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> my favorite story, though, that I like to tell and that I experienced. One evening, an elderly gentleman, kind of elderly gentleman called up. And he was, he was angry. He's like, there's no, there's no sound on channel 41. Like, Okay, um, let's let's check your volume controls. Make sure that's working. It's all turned all the way up. There's no sound on 41. I'm like, okay, uh, let me let me check something here. And so I got the remote because uh, we have TVs there to you know tune into stations to see if it's working for us. Mm-hmm. I tune into channel 41, and it's Turner Classic Movies, and it's a silent film. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like uh, sir. There's there is no sound. I know I can't. There's no sound on 41. No, it's a silent. Film. There was never meant to be any sound. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, oh, click. That was wow. it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's good, great. Good times. Good times. I think probably the, well, let's see. I've had a lot of interesting jobs myself. My first mm-hmm. job out of college, actually, was working at hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, I was one of the few people who really liked staying up all night. Okay. And so I immediately got a job as a night manager. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Nice. I worked the night manager position at maybe four different hotels. Okay. Um, and wow. it's kind of a specialist position. It's mm-hmm. because nobody wants to stay up all night. My shift was 11 p.m. <laughs> to 7 a.m. Wow. And Four hotels at once? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Not four hotels yeah. at once. Uh, but yeah. just kind of Whew. in succession. I sure. worked for a few of them. Gotcha. But that was kind of interesting and fun. My first job, actually, when I came to Hawaii, was uh, in a small boutique hotel on Kohio. Mm. And so I got to know the Waikiki nightlife pretty well. It was very yes. interesting. Mm-hmm. All the fights, <laughs> yes. all the hookers, uh-huh. all the drug deals, yeah, crazy hotel parties. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is interesting. <coughs> I grew up kind of sheltered, so I had no idea... Like, I thought that just stuff all happened in the movies in New York City <laughs> and, uh, you know, dystopian Los Angeles and stuff. Um, and those are movies I watched at friends' houses because I wasn't allowed to watch them at home. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, then getting here, I mean, like, joining the Navy was one of the, like, the, the best things because it just expanded my worldview so freaking much. I mean, let alone, I let alone uh, going, you know, international locations, but, like, just here. And then some of the people I knew, and then stories I heard, and then actually experiencing some stuff for myself. It's like, wow! (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like, you know, a newborn babe, you know, 33 at that time. The world is insane! Yes! (laughs) This is real? Whoa! (laughs) But, um, 
Yeah, it is. It is really interesting. And you mentioned um, the goth um, industrial. I know pretty much nothing about that except from what again movies. Um, but um, what what is the scene like uh, here in Hawaii? Like, is it is it large? You know, underground kind of um, deal. It goes through fluctuations. Mm. Right now, there's a weekly Wednesday night at this club called Pure on Dillingham. Okay. Um, there's also first Friday events. There's mm. every so often Nocturna will do a special event. Like she's doing a horror ball. Mm. She's planning some other interesting theme stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting scene here. I mean, the cure came here twice to yeah. do a concert and they're one of those iconic goth bands and they sold out <laughs> both times. They did like two shows, I think mm-hmm. each time. I never knew The Cure was goth until, like, two years ago. Well, they were, like... <laughs> they were, like, the f- one of the first goth bands sure. that didn't even want to identify themselves as goth just because they were the ones who started it, basically. Okay, yeah. Um, it's one of those kind of... Everyone got their inspiration from that initially. Interesting, huh? <coughs> uh, that tells me I just haven't listened to enough Cure music, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, um, goth and industrial both started in the early 80s. Okay. And... Goth went the way of the, like, black lace, the very, a lot of dark, elegant stuff. Um, there was a lot leather of... Leather clothing. Yeah, leather clothing. That was mm-hmm. the post-punk influence from the early, uh, late 70s, mm-hmm. rather. Mm-hmm. Bathhouse, have you heard of them? I have heard of them, yes. Okay, that was, that could be considered kind of post-punk goth okay. as well. Um, and then industrial, the rivet heads went the way of... Um, kind of the machine Mm. there's this very early late 70s early 80s band called Einstein Neubauten Um, the German German translation from the German is imploding new buildings nice (laughs) (laughs) and it was um, let's see how do I describe them it was basically a bunch of Norwegian guys in skinny leather pants banging on washing machines with metal pipes that's amazing (laughs) (laughs) um Throbbing Gristle was another one. They just, they hit metal things and yelled a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just basically experimented with sound mm. in an all new way. That's awesome. Um, what was the name of that Norwegian band, washing machine band again? Einstuzend Neubaten. Einstuzend? You can look it up on the internet. Okay. I'll, I'll send you a link. Okay, yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting to me. Okay. Yeah, um... Let's see, who is more accessible ones? Maybe Front 242. Okay, I have not heard of them. They're uh, kind of 80s, throughout the 80s. I believe they're still putting out music. Cool. They're one of the pioneers. Awesome. This is fascinating to me to hear, like, the stuff that I am kind of familiar with now, have been for, like, the last, oh, my gosh, uh, 15 years or so. Because <laughs> um, I, I, when I was young and I would hear, like, electronic music, I would, like, get into it. I, I dig it. Techno, whatever. But I wouldn't know where to get it or where to find it. I didn't have a CD player till I was 14. CD player, my gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah, until I, I was 14. And yeah. um, and even then, like, my first purchase was uh, the Star Wars anthology. Um, <laughs> so I, I had no idea. And I got that from Best Buy. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know where you could get all this other kinds of music and stuff. And anime. Like, I, I loved the anime style when I was a kid, but I wasn't allowed to watch that because it was too mature or whatever. Um, <laughs> Robotech. Um, uh-huh. I, I didn't get it. I didn't understand it, but it had really cool-looking giant robots um, and, and whatnot. Um, and, and just to, to learn about how all that stuff has been around for so long. 
Yeah. Well, at first there were like cassette subscriptions. You could pick them out of a magazine. You could get 10 for like a ridiculously cheap price. Yeah. And then they would send them to you. Um, I I did that. And then afterward, of course, there was Napster back when I was 14. I think 1415 was around the time that Napster came out, followed okay. quickly by Audio Galaxy, which really expanded my horizons as mm. far as musical genres. Nice. They had like this super extensive menu of hundreds and hundreds of genres I'd never seen or heard of before. Awesome. Um, that's where I discovered like symphonic metal. That's where I discovered a lot of industrial stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's how I discovered Apex really Twin. weird music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weird music. Yeah. Um, yeah, Napster was, I think, the best thing to happen to the music industry. Hmm. You know, it kind of devastated things, but it, uh, maybe the house needed to be shook up a little yeah. bit. In hindsight, it definitely changed the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's also when I first got into video game remixes. Because uh, I, I had heard... Oh, yeah. OC Me Remix? Too. Oh, yeah. Do you know Overclocked Remix? Yeah, OC yeah. Remix. I have... A very large collection of Final Fantasy remixes, actually. Nice. <laughs> well, m- most of the OC remix collection is Final Fantasy yeah. remixes. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, for for like good five or six years, that's pretty much all I listened to. Um, was, was that stuff primarily? Uh, and then came nerdcore. Yeah, I haven't quite gotten into that yet. I appreciate the movement, but I'm I'm, I'm slowly finally getting into that now because um, I'm feeling more more better. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> I just watched Idiocracy the other day, too. Grammar! Yes. Grammar! I am feeling more confident about myself. More mm. more myself. Dang, God, at this freaking thing. Um, and, and, and slowly getting into more things. Um, and, and Nerdcore is, is one of those. Uh, MC Chris. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. There's some great Japanese stuff out there, too. Yeah? Um, I'm currently being introduced to all these, like, um, animated movies and stuff like... Uh, uh, what did we just finish? Um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you think about that, do you remember when when the Sci-Fi Channel was Sci-Fi? Um, you mean the old Battlestar Galactica and all the old Star Trek? Uh, not necessarily. Well, I guess um, the early mid '90s they had an anime. Um, marathon festival mm. or something, and they I showed that. a bunch of films. Um, I remember Lensman being one of them. Um, Robot Carnival, which yeah. sticks with me. Um, I've tried finding that. It's it's kind of like a Fantasia format, where it's just music, like about five pieces of music, and then little um, animated short films centering around robots. Oh, that sounds interesting. It's really cool. Huh. It's really cool. Some of it's like goofy and funny, and some of it's like really sad and like just oh my god, you know, at the end of it. And um, like, there's this one story where a guy creates a woman robot to be mm. his companion, and he grows older and she doesn't. And in the end, he ends up like for some reason violently beating her, the robot, and and he dies, I think, and the last scene is, like, her dripping oil out of her eyes. I don't... I'm, this kind of haze. This is a long time ago, but it's, huh. it's basically that. And then there's a really goofy one where it's, um, like, giant mechs in ancient Japan. So it's, like, steampunk mechs. Oh, fun. Yeah, um, there we go. Duking it out over um, feudal Tokyo or something, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. That's kind of neat. Really fun stuff. Yeah. It goes to show a good storyline will stick with you. That's... I mean, that's mm. what I look for in mm. anything, whether it be sci-fi, fantasy, anime. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I was trying to think of was Berserk. Oh, yeah! The... Wait, they just came out with new versions, or new episodes of that, haven't they? Uh, I think so. We watched the three movies. Oh. 
The Berserk movies, I was actually really impressed by those. The animation is beautiful, mm-hmm. the storyline's powerful. You know, it's the kind of thing that sticks with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when I worked at Blockbuster, uh, we get five free rentals um, a night or anytime. Like it was rolling. Like nice. you turn in one and get another one and have five out at a time. Um, that's how I got into Berserk. Oh, okay. Because at one point, I think we only had like the first two disc sets, which was four discs, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But that's the dude with the big sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The original Buster Sword. Yeah. As it were. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you're into video games too? Uh, yeah. I don't have a whole lot of time anymore, but Likewise. I've played um, just about every Squaresoft, Square Enix game out there. Cool. I've played World of Warcraft since Alpha. Okay. Um, <laughs> I actually know what that means. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of my female friends actually was a game developer at Blizzard. Cool. And so she gave us Alpha codes way, way back in the day. That's awesome. And I had a running subscription for about 10 years or something and uh-huh. then canceled it for a little while and I'm starting to get back into it now. Nice. <laughs> Are you able to get back, like, log in with your original character? and? Oh, yeah. Like, all, okay. all my original characters, unless I deleted them, are still there. Cool. There's maybe 40 or so. Okay. <laughs> Did you grow up like with Nintendo, Super Nintendo and stuff? Um, I didn't have a video, I didn't own a video game console until mm. I was maybe 18 or 19. Okay. Um, it was one of those, kind of like you, it was one of those things deemed inappropriate for kids mm-hmm. in my household. Sure. And so, yeah, I, I started fairly late in life with that. Um, I mm. had a PS1, I had a PS2. Cool. That's where I stopped with the consoles. I'm mostly oh. a PC gamer and a mobile gamer now. Okay. <clears throat> nice. So I on my phone, I have Final Fantasy Brave x Vias. I have <laughs> Final Fantasy Mobius. Wow. Um, I have this weird little koi game called Zen Koi. It's basically, you're a fish, you swim around and eat bugs. Oh, okay. That's fun. <laughs> it's a collector's game. Um, nice. <laughs> I have some stuff from Munchkin on here. That's just a level counter, though. <laughs> I've been told since, like, 2005 I should play Munchkin. It's amazing. Yeah. It's good stuff. I didn't know it was a mobile game. Of course it's a mobile well, game. Well, it's now. not a mobile game. It's oh. a card game. Uh, um, the okay. mobile is just a level counter helper. Oh, okay. Oh, neat. Because sometimes Munchkin will get a bit complicated. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, I love, um, well, I, don't, I haven't played Munchkin. I love games, though, like uh, Catan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really big into Catan for a while. Yeah. Um, okay. And I lent it to a friend who never gave it back. And now he's in the Middle East. But that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. We'll get another yeah. one. I would um, highly recommend Munchkin, though. There's something yeah. for everyone. There's like a Munchkin steampunk deck, Munchkin mm. Cthulhu, Munchkin sci fi. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a vampire Munchkin for the goth kids. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I was just at Other Realms uh, a couple weeks ago and saw like all the variations of, of that game and then all these other games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Catan has a billion variations and stuff now. Uh, but yeah, time. Like, I grew up playing Nintendo and. Um, uh, one of my, my first game was Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link Aww. which I think it's a bum rap in uh, mainstream video game dialogue um, but it's a classic it is a you classic you say that the graphics yeah, yeah. yeah but it's a, cra- it's a classic yeah and now working through Breath of the Wild which is not familiar with that one oh it's the latest Zelda game oh yeah. okay a flagship title on Switch but originally developed for the Wii U so it's available on both it is amazing, but such a time suck. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like, I, I, I've, I've had to just like you know 
relegate myself to playing it once a week, mm-hmm. basically, because I tell Jen, I'm just going to play about an hour, then like... Yeah, set a timer for an hour, and then be like, but I just got to finish this one quest. Exactly. <laughs> like, the other night, I was like, oh, I'm just going to stock up on arrows and stuff, and then, like, three hours later, <laughs> like, oh, I, I didn't get any arrows at all. <laughs> oh. Well... Yeah, but it's it's so fun. It's so like mm. immersive. It's it's a great homage to all the Zelda titles from the past. And uh, I never played any of the Game Boys, so I can't really comment on those. And actually, well, anyway, it's it's really good. Neat. <laughs> if it ever comes out on Steam, I'll have to check it out. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I just got back in. I just reopened my Steam account. Oh yeah. Not that I closed it. I just haven't literally accessed it in a while and started playing Audio Surf. I'm still know. poking my way around Steam. I actually just recently created my own account. Finally, oh. um, I've been using other people's accounts for <laughs> I don't know how long. Right but um, I just created my own account, and mm-hmm. I, I was like just getting a blast from the past, looking up all this mm. stuff, like Deus Ex, Bioshock, mm-hmm. um, all the, uh, what is it? Just like all the classic, classic games that are on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I have a problem similar to starting projects, buying too many games that I don't get around to playing or reading too, or buying too many books that <laughs> I don't get around to reading. And so I've kind of, try to put a, a moratorium on buying anything new <laughs> or starting any new projects, basically, uh, that I can't finish. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, enough to work on. Books will sit around and wait for you, right? That's true. Yeah, You'll get around to them eventually. They have a very long shelf life. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Good one. Oh, thank Good you. One. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so shoot, where on earth were we? I don't know. We were Off about on some tangents somewhere. Video games and... Uh, oh, so, okay. Um, shoot, I don't frame that in the <laughs> right way. Because you know how... Uh, I was, okay, so I'll just, I'll just be totally transparent. Um, have you seen... You have seen Wonder Woman. I have. I've seen it twice. You've seen it twice? I saw it yesterday for the second time, actually. Okay. We have yet to see it. We're actually waiting for some friends to get back uh, from um, Southeast Asia. Okay. Uh, no go spoilers, check it out. then. Yeah. Um, I've heard it's amazing. but um, It's beautiful. Lots of controversy surrounding it, um, especially in Texas, where they were doing women-only screenings. Yeah. Now some uh, jackasses are suing because of that. Are they really? They really are. Huh. Um, That's men, interesting. Men can be fragile. They just don't admit it. Times. Um, yeah, see, I didn't really understand what the big deal was over it. I mean, it's, mm. it's kind of a gimmicky thing, but it's mm-hmm. different. And mm-hmm. I mean, they could, men could literally go to any other theater and watch it mm-hmm. if they wanted to. Exactly. Yeah. Um, What's the big deal? Yeah. I don't get it. But what I wanted to ask was about uh, your, your thoughts and feelings on um, female representation in movies and, and whatnot. Um, in Wonder Woman in particular, or in movies in general, because that's that like... was just my easy way in. <laughs> Instead of because, but the thing is, like you know, it's kind of a massive can of worms like, there. Sure, um, <laughs> like when you want to talk, uh, when you want to ask a question about race and stuff, you're like, oh, you're my black friend, can I talk to you about that stuff? <laughs> oh, you're my woman friend, can I talk to you about that? Just I just didn't want to sound like a dummy, but you know, whatever. Okay, there it is. <laughs> what do you? Well, yeah. Like, um, you know, how it's been in the past, the kind of... I talked to, actually, um, you know Jaina Parkmore? Jaina? Um, Waikiki Film? No. Name sounds familiar. Um, Don't know her personally. Okay. Um, uh, Except her name sounds very much like that WoW character, (laughs) Jaina Parkmore. Yeah, anyways. Nice. Um, But anyway, yeah, I talked to her about it, and it is a subject I am curious about um, and, and want to know more and get 
the word out, uh, you know, especially in positive ways. Um, like just how how it's been in the past, kind of the recent. I don't know if revolution is the right term, but movement, I guess, towards, um, well, for instance, pay equality, and then how women are represented in movies, the whole Bechdel test thing. Um, that is huge. I don't know where to begin. Mm-hmm. Go. Well, um, <laughs> let's start with Wonder Woman first, actually, yeah. because that sh- comic book character and mm. that character in the movie has so much history behind it and mm. so much controversy. Um, mm. Star is actually a great one to talk to about this. Oh, okay. When we were on... Maui for the first Maui Comic Con last year we mm-hmm. met one of well actually she's the first woman to ever draw Wonder Woman in the 1960s her oh, name wow. is Trina Robbins okay. she's an absolutely amazing human being mm. um, very like not necessarily classic feminist but I guess you could mm. say she's a classic feminist mm-hmm. um, just very strong woman very talented incredible and so she was telling us um, about how when the men went off to war mm. in World War One and World War Two, mm-hmm. um, females started taking over all industries, including the comic book industry, and right. a lot of female artists were drawing for comics. Mm-hmm. Then when the men came back and wanted their jobs back, they um, put a sort of prohibition on female comic artists, and they had to go underground. Wow. Um, because, you know, obviously there were too many men... Yeah. They needed their jobs back. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a set amount of artists we can have. So It's like, well, you can't do this anymore, but we've been doing this for the last six years. Well, I'm sorry, you can't do this anymore. You're, yeah. You're not able to do this anymore. Sorry, hon. Daddy's got, old. Yeah, and women got relegated back to the kind of behind the curtain, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, the Wonder Woman character has undergone many, many different incarnations through mm-hmm. the years. And as a comic book character in general, I mean, she her creators had to fight to get her taken seriously. Mm. Um, she's been drawn any number of ways with enormous boobs, with like super skimpy outfits, mm-hmm. you know, just crazy over-sexualized, which was never the intention. Mm. Um, she was, I guess she was supposed to be kind of like a female Captain America, that that uh, patriotic figure that fights for justice, punches Nazis, mm-hmm. <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> That old chestnut. Um, I was very impressed by the Wonder Woman movie. Mm. It's the first DC film that's directed by a woman. Mm-hmm. And um, that, first, I think... It's the first superhero film. I believe so, yeah. yeah. First superhero film to be directed by a woman. Yeah. Um, Patty Jenkins, incredibly talented director. Mm. And I think it really shows. I think the fact that there was a female director comes through in kind of the treatment of the character, the treatment of all the female characters Mm. I can't say too much because you haven't watched it already but just keep an eye on the Amazons like Mm. really study them Mm -hmm. Um, they're just impressive women they're Mm. elegant and strong without being over sexualized Mm. Um, the same for Wonder Woman herself like she's kind of naive because she's you know not from our world she's got a lot to learn Mm -hmm. but um, her character is it's kind of this charming mix of naivete and strength and elegance mm. without being necessarily a sexual creature. She's still like one of the most beautiful women you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Gal Gadot, I think is perfect for her. Hmm. Um, you may have heard this already, but she was actually six months pregnant when she was filming parts of it. I did hear that. Yep. Which, um, I mean, it's impressive. She's every inch a woman, you know, mm. 
And she she comes in a package that a lot of people can happily accept. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Because, um, yeah, I mean, some people, like, you wouldn't engage with the subject matter unless it was like, ooh, eye candy, like, ooh, it looks nice. And then yeah. get then find, to learn that there's a lot more to it than that. And yet she's very progressive. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. She portrays the character well. I think the interpretation is really well done. Mm-hmm. And it, it's what I'm taking away from it is, like, this kind of thing, this kind of film could not have been made by anyone other than a woman director. Can you imagine it being made by Michael Bay? I would think it'd be, like, barbed wire or something, <laughs> you know? Um, explosions, uh, gratuitous cleavage shots, um, leaning over the car hood, you know, and the Daisy Dukes come up and the, oh, whatever. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's very interesting. And I did not grow up necessarily with, with these kinds of views. I grew up with strong women figures in my life, but um, my basic understanding, I'm still, I'm still kind of like, you know, doing some introspecting and trying to figure out where that comes from, um, my understanding of women and, um, and, and perception. But the first time I really appreciated the fact that certain things can only be done by women is when I was in the Philippines, and this was on a... Um, um, so I used to work for with Star and JPAC, DPAA, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, so this is at the the end of our, our investigation mission. But we're with the um, archaeologist um, Belinda. If she's, I doubt she'll ever listen. But hey, Belinda, um, uh, she was great, and we went to see these petroglyphs um, mm. somewhere. And looking at them, they're you know really cool stuff to look at. I didn't understand, but I was taking pictures and whatever. And then she was explaining how the how they were originally discovered by men, and they couldn't figure out exactly what these figures represented. Hmm. But then when a female anthropologist, archaeologist, took a look at it, she's like, oh, those are pregnant women. Huh. Because, coming from, cause, you know, the f- unique female perspective. Right. And um, that just really set off a light bulb, or turned on a light bulb. What's the right way to say it? Set off, <laughs> turned on? I don't know. It illuminated my understanding. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's, that's something I've, I've tried to um, just expand upon. Um, these last few years, grew up uh, with um, kind of um, not, well, I, I mentioned sheltered. Um, like, the Smurfs were evil and satanic because of Gargamel's witchcraft. Mm, um, and Halloween was a demonic holiday to celebrate. Um, but thankfully, another family mother was like, it's just fun, let him go trick or treat, and that kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of my background. Very like, traditional, that's the word I was thinking. Traditional, conservative. Um, and yet still with little inflections and influences of more progressive ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. That was just always the, the small part. And so I've been uh, trying to overcome that uh, in, in terms of um, views on women uh, in term, and relations with women, in terms of um, race issues, and then uh, especially coming from an evangel- event, evangel- evangelical. evangelical, thank you, um, background when in, in the perception and dealing with uh, homosexuals. Mm-hmm. And... Um, at times where I was of the understanding that, uh, you know, it, it's evil or whatever. I, some of my best friends were gay dudes. Um, I think I told this story in a previous episode. I, I, would, I worked at a Barnes & Noble Starbucks cafe, and uh, my shift lead was, was a gay dude, and we, I, that didn't matter to me, but, um, like, we would end up closing a number of shifts, like, singing show tunes and being obnoxious to, to the, the last couple patrons. Well, that sounds um, like fun. And they're super fun. So much fun. <laughs> um, and then I just, I got to the point where I was like, how can I, how can I 
hold this belief that there's something wrong and, and evil. And, you know, then, then the argument is like, you know, it's biology. But it's like, wait a second, I thought this was about faith, not science. And that you're using a scientific argument against this. And whatever. Um, I'm, I'm slowly waking mm-hmm. up, I'd like to think. And uh, yeah, That's hashtag rant. <laughs> hashtag rabbit trail, hashtag ramble. <laughs> so this, so, so saying all that to say, bring it around to our original uh, topic of conversation, and it's not about me. It's you know about you. I brought you <laughs> on here, um, but um, that that's kind of what's really spurring me on to like embrace my own fun and inner desires and stuff, and to be silly, um, and and to have uh, to be creative and expressive and. Um, Hopefully, maybe one day show up at a steampunk event and dressed up in awesome stuff. Yeah. Whether it's actually awesome it. or not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, shoot. I mean, there's there's just so much more. Where are we at anyway? <laughs> oh, we're just at an hour. Okay. Um, do you have anywhere to be? Anything to do? Um, no, not particularly. Okay. I mean, we don't don't want to draw it out, but at the same not time, we don't want it to feel rushed. We want it to be organic. Did you have um, any other questions about any aspects we haven't covered yet? I don't know. Um, you, how, how did you get to UH? What made you want to... Um, oh, um, I just I moved over from California. Um, my dad was living here, and I was kind of... I was casting about. I was looking at my options. I almost went to UC Irvine, actually. really okay. liked that campus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just looking around, and my dad said, hey, you want to come to college in Hawaii? And I was oh, like, cool. uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do I have to do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I packed up two large suitcases and came over here, and that was that. Awesome. And uh, journalism. Yeah. Was your major? Uh, um, at first, English was my major, okay. and then I spoke to um, a professor in the journalism department. Her name was Bev Kiever. Okay. Um, great inspiration for me as well. Mm. Really strong woman, really like progressive views. Mm-hmm. And she convinced me that it was my life's calling to be a journalist. Nice. <laughs> I love mentors like that. <laughs> yeah. So um, I went into the journalism program. It's definitely something that I enjoy and work towards to this mm. day. Awesome. I've done a lot of unconventional journalism, I guess you could say, from mm-hmm. the digital side, from the fun features stuff. Okay. Um, it's I, I work for a magazine right now, but mm-hmm. I actually spend about three, four hours a day staring at Facebook as part of my job. Okay. Um, I manage the social media for the company, and uh, I do things with the website, mm-hmm. with online. It's digital. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I think that's actually where I prefer to be at this end of my career is in digital journalism because mm-hmm. I think that's where it's going. Mm-hmm. We talk about technology. We talk about living in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I love living in the future. We have so many cool things now that we yeah. didn't have in the 1800s. You yes. <laughs> you, you talk about what era of history would you rather live in. Mm-hmm. I like being here. Yeah. I, I like, like indoor plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> VR is pretty cool, too. Sure, Yeah. <laughs> And air conditioning, when you have it. Mm, Yes, yes. Um. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, speaking, yeah. Are are you cool enough? I should have asked it at the top. Uh, No, it's all right. It's not going to stop me. Okay, right on. (laughs) Awesome. Um, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. But yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I guess I've always um, done things in a somewhat unconventional manner. Mm -hmm. And... 
the whole digital journalism thing to me, like I feel that's like that's where it's going. I feel like I'm at the vanguard of my industry and I'm trying to help it survive despite all the fake news and mm. print going down and the numbers looking dismal for, you know, traditional newspapers, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Mm. Um, I feel like I'm in the successful, the sector that's going to be driving journalism forward. Mm. Awesome. You had a question or something. Well, first, I like your use of the word vanguard. It's not one you hear often. Um, <laughs> love, uh, I love a good uh, word usage. Um, I, because I... <laughs> Got my first degree in communication, broadcasting, and stuff. Then I went back to get an English degree equivalent for teaching English. And now I'm at UH again in the ACM uh, for filmmaking. Have you taught English? I did. For one one semester, 10th grade English. It was a disaster. Not quite a disaster. (laughs) Um, 10th grade is tough. It was tough. Uh, (laughs) It's really tough teaching. Hard crowd to please. Teaching English in a rural high school where they'd rather be hunting Hmm. or um, anything other than learning grammar. Hmm. Uh, I took uh, Robin Williams as an inspiration, the Poe Society. Uh Uh, Did jump on my desk once or twice. And (laughs) um, um, I just, yeah, really dumb. Uh, Naive. Hmm. (laughs) Naively optimistic. And then distracted by other things as well. But <laughs> I've never taught. I, I prefer to mentor if my skills mm-hmm. are up to the task. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually used to tutor ESL, which was an interesting oh. experience. Um, I got not only ESL students in California, mm-hmm. early immigrants, but also developmentally disabled kids. Wow. Um, and I was teaching in a community college, not teaching, but tutoring. Sure. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, that was actually one of the more interesting jobs that I've had as well. Hmm. Very cool. And it really, like, it, it helps develop patience mm. so much. And it helps also with the um, explanations of things, mm-hmm. the translations, mm. the, like, you have to take a concept and process it and then put it forth in ways that your audience can understand. Nice. Which I'm sure you can appreciate as a communications major. Absolutely. Um, no, there are aspects of teaching I enjoy. I do like being in front of a crowd. It scratches the performer itch. Um, but then also I, I like the more concentrated, focused, smaller group, like three to one-on-one um, kind of thing. Because you can get more, you can engage more and, and get more out of it and, and, uh, and that kind of thing. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Uh, so how would you recommend people get into this kind of line of work? Like journalism, um, the creative side of things um yeah Ooh, that's tough see the thing is journalism as an industry has creative is not the first word that most people would use to describe it mm-hmm. um oftentimes we don't want our news journalists getting too creative uh, sure yeah uh, <laughs> yeah and maybe maybe i'm just thinking that's where of fake news comes from that's where stuff. the onion comes from right yeah <laughs> So you're talking not really about journalists. Okay. Journalism, not about my career so much as my hobbies. I guess, hobbies. Uh, but I, I do mean your career. Like, okay. how did you get into the, the nightlife beat? Um, I would say up at night. I was just hmm. up. I probably didn't sleep from the time I was 15 to the time I was 22. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, even with my first jobs, I was going to community college during the day and working full time at night. Mm. So I, I, yeah, I probably got an average of two to three hours a day. Okay. For all those years. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so it's just um, being in the right place at the right time kind of thing? I guess so, yeah. Mm. Having an opportunity that was in line with what I was already doing, I guess. Okay. I know one thing that gets in my way of chasing my dreams and goals and stuff is thinking I need to do it the conventional way. Hmm. Or that you know there's a, there's a way to do this and I need to figure that out. Or I need to learn. I just need to do it right. I need to do it better. And that's when I oftentimes run into the brick walls. Is that from the military, you think? Or is that um, just kind of... No, that, that is from, like, early stages of life. Mm-hmm. Um, military helped reinforce... Military? <laughs> military helped reinforce it uh, a bit. And so I'm kind of... De- whatever. Um, adapting, I guess. Um, but I find that when I, you know, hit that point of frustration and then, you know, pull back and decide, like, screw it. I'm going to do it my own way. The unconventional way. Whatever. Um, it doesn't have to be my way. It could be something that someone else did in an unconventional way. Then I met, if not with success, at least satisfaction. Yeah. But usually success as well. I think in order to buck convention, you have to be in at least some way an outsider. Mm. Yeah. Um, Or you have to be somewhat new to the industry, Mm -hmm. or you have to... I don't, I don't, you have to fight complacency or you have mm, to yeah. have not gotten to the point of being complacent yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, people who spend 20 years in an office doing the same thing, like their, their creativity is going to suffer, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if, you know, you're a script writer on the side, you mm. make films, you have hobbies, mm-hmm. you do all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, you got to be hungry, I've learned. Yeah. You, you have to kind of step out of your comfort zone and... I guess not get too comfortable, not get too complacent. Yeah, yeah. Something that I've been struggling with is... Or even so, like you say, you have trouble focusing on (laughs) (laughs) on one thing. Yes. Um, I mean, that can also be a good thing, just shifting from Mm. one topic to another, from one hobby to another. Mm -hmm. Um, You're always kind of new to it. You're always kind of looking at it in a different way, and you're bringing your experiences from the past with you, of course. Yes. And and um, in being complacent and comfortable, I've, I've I've always wanted to be comfortable. I mean, who doesn't want to be comfortable? But to the at the expense of drive and mm-hmm. and creativity and stuff. And so I've um, it's and and it's such a mental game too. Is do you find that to be um, true or kind of? I mean, there's a fine line between being too comfortable and being. Uh, having enough resources to get what you need to do sure. done, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or um, to get what you want done. And actually, when it, I guess a mental game, like in terms of, um, on one hand, convincing yourself that this thing needs to be done. Hmm. Um, it's because especially if you're not working for someone who's doling out assignments and deadlines, and it's just something you, you want to do, but bills are still getting paid, whatever, so I don't have to do it. And then it yeah. kind of gets lower on the priority list and, and in the, the, the passionate uh, list. One, then, thing, um, one thing I've developed, especially after six years as a freelancer, mm, um, is yeah. the ability to have personal discipline and personal commitments and, mm-hmm. and making priorities. Priorities is like a huge thing, especially yeah. if you have very little time. It's like, well, I would love to do this, mm-hmm. but not really practical right now you mm-hmm. know I've got to do this first I want to do this more yeah I'd rather sit and watch um, TV or play some video games yeah so eventually I mean it does kind of come down to personal discipline and mm-hmm. sometimes you got to make yourself do stuff or feel that obligation that's driving you mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. Because what's helping me motivate now is thinking back to times where I was motivated. Like, why was I motivated? <laughs> oh, because I wanted I wanted to get a yeah. beautiful girl on a date or something. And you know, now I've got that covered. I'm married to a beautiful woman. <laughs> so then I think, oh wait, she married me under the understanding that I was going to do this kind of stuff. So like, I better do this kind of stuff then. <laughs> um, and that's that's really helps. You wouldn't want her to accuse you of false advertising. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it really just helps to take a step back and look at the larger picture and mm-hmm. think, why was this important to me? Right. Why do I want to do this? Getting back to your roots. Hmm, yeah. yeah. Know your roots. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Because, um, yeah, the other night when I played Audio Surf for the first time in a couple of years, and Steam tells you the last time you played a game. <laughs> and uh, how many hours you logged. Exactly. Um, I was like, man, this is fun. I miss this. And uh, then listening to old songs I hadn't listened to in a while, because um, now I stream so many songs, and you can only play downloaded songs in that game. So I went back into the old uh, hard drive and was finding old music. I was like, oh, my God, I forgot this song. I love it. This is what inspired me to do this. And, and it's just kind of reawakened uh, a... Um, the flame of fire or whatever. Yeah. The fire in my belly, so to speak. <laughs> so, um, yeah. That's one of the things that actually... Um, why people convince me to be a DJ, I guess. Oh, yeah? Because music has always been really important to me. It's okay. always been a big part of my life. There's always those songs that you have associated with certain pivotal moments. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't even have to be a certain genre. It can be anything but whatever mm-hmm. I was listening to at the time mm-hmm. um, certain types of music mm-hmm. kind of define certain eras in my life sure yeah so. have you ever had the thing where um, you've like had like favorite songs and then some, I'm, t- I'm thinking of like breakups or something and then you mm-hmm. just can't listen to that music anymore mm-hmm. yeah I think everybody's had that yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, so what is your personal philosophy for life ooh <laughs> <laughs> Not to get too deep or anything. <laughs> I mean, I've probably written down a dozen of them, but... <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> or right now? Um, overall, like, for all of life? <laughs> sure. Like, what, um, I don't know, what's what's it all about? Why is, why is it worth waking up in the morning? Hmm. What drives you, I guess, yeah, to do what you do? Because... The desire to not be bored okay. would be one of them, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, that that uh, cliche kind of saying that an artist is never bored. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, already then. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, really, I just... I want to live in such a way that... That other people are maybe inspired by what I've discovered. Mm. I want to be able to form connections and form overall structures that'll last after I'm gone. Nice. So to speak. Right on. Um, Just like kind of how the new Wonder Woman movie embody just to to live with grace and honor and what you believe. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's a good uh, perspective, I think, because it's so easy just to get caught up in the moment and not really think about 
you know, five minutes from now, let alone five years from now. I try to take a step back every day and mm. kind of look at the big picture. Like, am I happy here? What am I doing here? Why am I here? How did I get here? Mm. Is there something better that I could be doing? Mm-hmm. It's not always like that, but mm. I mean, if you find yourself questioning what you're doing, maybe those are things that need to be addressed. Sure. Yeah. You know, um, mm-hmm. and that also enables you to kind of do what you're doing with more clarity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The understanding of oneself, so to speak. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so, um, so, uh, <laughs> earlier we kind of, kind of broached the subject. Um, and, and, and if you, if, if it's still like, you know, going, going just like with your personal, um, perspective, um, like, do you do you believe in the afterlife or you know a certain set of I don't know. beliefs? Sorry, I don't know. Oh, okay. I'm a I'm actually a pretty diehard agnostic. Okay. Um, Meaning, I'm not too worried about it. I'll find out when I get there. Gotcha. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but for now, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just gonna live the best I can. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, again, grew up with the idea that you know Jesus is the only way to salvation or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I've I'm beginning to believe, you know, and ironically, proponents of the faith encourage going deeper, but then sometimes when you do go deeper, they don't like what you say, and then mm. you're deemed a heretic. Yeah, I was raised a Christian as well. Mm. Um, I made a personal decision when I was about 13 mm. that um, that I was no longer going to rely on something. Mm. It didn't matter whether it was there or not. I mm-hmm. was going to, mm-hmm. you know, I was going to make my own judgments about things and form my own, um, I guess, form my own morals instead of the morals that I had always been taught. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, the things like homosexuality is a sin. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, the things like, I don't know, um, <laughs> just all the, the basic conservative Christian tenets. Sure. Pro-life. Ironically, also pro-execution mm. <laughs> for criminals. Those are up for debate. Okay. Of course. Really. <laughs> of course. Not to generalize, but just for the sake of yeah, conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I decided that um, whether or not those things existed, I was going to live the best I could anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going to use a deity as an excuse. Yeah. Or let a church tell me that certain lifestyles were wrong. Mm or that certain people were evil and going to hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean... It's kind of... Messed up. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of messed up. <laughs> um, shoot. Sorry. Hmm? Did you have... Oh, I don't know. It's just... It's one of those topics that people generally tread very carefully around. Yeah. Um, understandably. Um, <clears throat> especially if you come from a certain background and, uh, like, I've... Uh, I don't know if alienated is, I think that's too strong a term, but um, definitely evolved hmm. uh, over the years, and especially in the last few years, um, getting out here to Hawaii. Um, this is a very, I mean, 
I, I talked to my mom. My mom's actually moving to Missouri of all places. Mm. Um, she lives in Oregon right now, and she decided that it was too expensive in Oregon that she was going to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they chose Missouri. Um, yeah, I look some. forward to visiting her. I've never seen St. Louis. I would love to oh, explore yeah. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just one of those, like, every time I talk to her, I'm reminded again of how liberal Hawaii is and mm-hmm. about how... Um, our views may not necessarily be the same as the views of the nation. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe past the West Coast, things get weird. Yes. <laughs> they get, <laughs> For me, anyway. Yeah, no, they, they definitely get weird as you go further west, and then it's a jump mm. <laughs> by the time you get to Hawaii. <clears throat> a leap. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's always interesting. Um, I'm very open-minded about other people's face. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always kind of trying to compare notes with people who are different from me. Sure. Yeah. Instead of just shutting them out and saying, you're wrong because you're not part of this belief system, uh, I, I think a better approach is we have something to learn from everyone. Yeah, and that's partly what I like about being a journalist, too, especially where yeah. I am now. I work in a large office with mm-hmm. um, a number of different publications, and we have people of, like, all genders, all faiths. Hmm. You know, one of my good friends there is a Muslim, and hmm. we'll, like, we're in a kind of study group together and we'll go out to a restaurant and she doesn't eat pork obviously mm-hmm. so it's kind of like oh can I have your Kahlua pig sure <laughs> 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 super cool girl uh-huh. um, wears a hijab which gets her some kind of funny looks in public sometimes mm-hmm. but it's one of those your culture is so different from my own but in mm-hmm. a lot of ways it's really not yeah yeah Damn. yeah I mean we all uh, bleed the same color I'll pee the same color. Um, <laughs> well, that depends. Uh, that's <laughs> that true. Depends on what you take. Exactly. Yes. 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 Um, but um, hmm. yeah, that's 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 pretty much the way the way I'm, I'm going as well. Um, and it's uh, it's really cool, you know. Instead of because you're essentially shutting yourself off from mm. the world. And, yeah, and um, with the most recent election, it was just insane how mm. families turned on each other, couples mm. turned on each other, mm-hmm. like the best of friends would no longer talk to each other after it was over. I was just sitting here watching Facebook scroll by and going, holy sh... <laughs> Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Radio training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was just, it was nuts. Mm-hmm. And like I had a, I understood why it was happening because it was hitting people so deeply and mm. such um, fundamental beliefs, I guess. Sure. But at the same time, like I was trying to understand why it was happening. Yeah. And I still like, I have some very conservative people on my Facebook and mm. they'll go off on rants that are exactly opposite from what I believe, but I keep them on there because I want to know what the other side is thinking. Like mm-hmm. I want to know what people are thinking and feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's, that's been a challenge um, for me. Cause on one hand, I don't want to have toxic influences in my life. But on the other hand, I don't want to lose certain friendships Yeah, and you know, not everyone who who supports Trump, um, you know, necessarily subscribes to every single thing he does or doesn't stand for, depending on what you ask him on any given day. Um, but at the same time, some of some some folks just got obnoxious, mm-hmm. and uh, and I mean, 
you know, looking back, there are times where I can be obnoxious as well. Um, <laughs> well, I want to say that's partly the influence of the internet, too. The fact yeah. that you can remain relatively anonymous and not have the danger of getting punched in the face. Unless you're on live TV. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> referring to that... Uh, punching Nazis again. Yeah. <laughs> Good the whole back. punching Nazis on TV. Um, yes. <laughs> anyways. Um, <laughs> but... That's what really... That's what hurt me, is that someone I thought I knew was just treating me like some kind of uh, limp-wristed, um, well, just not like not a person. Hmm. And uh, and so and instead of, you know, getting into a flame war or anything, uh, you know, privately communicated with this individual and um, first time, never got a response back. Second time, it just kind of doubled down. And third time, I was like, I'm done with this hmm. and just, uh, sorry, dude. Yeah. Um, sometimes it really is just a lack of understanding or a lack of communication. But I mean, mm-hmm. if you try, if you try to create a dialogue that's meaningful, that like encourages sharing different viewpoints, that's fantastic. If it mm-hmm. doesn't happen, sometimes the connection just gets missed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, sometimes there's not a lot you can do to save it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, mm. right. Yeah. Um, one other podcast I listen to um, it's called Ask Science Mike, mm-hmm. and it's this guy Mike McCarg. He he grew up in also a Christian evangelical, then became an atheist when he got into science, and then that somehow he had a mystical experience. Science. Yes, science is great. Um, I, I love that uh, the new Bill Nye show on Netflix. By the way, Bill Nye saves it. the world. I've got, I've it's pretty mixed, fun. I've heard mixed reviews. Yeah. Some are some dig it. I think some people are thinking that it's going to be the same as Bill Nye the Science Guy. Hmm. And they're the ones who gets get a little school. more political. It's kind of Bill Nye the Science Guy for adults. Okay, that's cool. Check it out. Um, but yeah, he he grew up that way. Now he's very progressive, and so he also has the background of very conservative evangelical folks, uh, limited worldviews, and, and mm-hmm. whatnot. And um, he, he he was very he got yeah, uncharacter and uncharacteristically political and uh, activist like through his social media uh-huh. uh, stuff. Because there's less fear of retaliation, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and but then he um, and then you know Trump won, and a bunch of people were like, "How did this happen?" They were so sure that you know he wasn't going to win, and then um, he just made this very poignant um, statement uh, through his through his podcast that you know he has to go home and sit across from these people at Thanksgiving and Christmas and how are those relationships now affected uh, from all the stuff he's done through social media? Well, I don't know. Are they his Facebook friends? Uh, th- th- I think <laughs> maybe they It's a good argument are. for not necessarily having your relatives on Facebook. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, but he also makes the point of um, how, if you know, for, for real progress to occur, there has to be, like, you know, open, honest dialogue. Yeah. And then, damn it, this thing. Instead of... Um, Um, like instead of you know the internet is also very instantaneous and so you can just you know react Mm -hmm. and um, and that's often what people do exactly (laughs) in times where maybe like you know you get up go to the bathroom at 2 o'clock and you're like oh just check out Facebook and you're in a different state of mind at 2 o'clock on the toilet where as opposed to during the day where you're awake and you know on your game and you see something and you you react Mm -hmm. and it's not what you would have normally said and so you just it's that's, that's really made me think and like instead of reacting um you think know, about it for a while think about it take like 10 seconds count down and really yeah. 
analyze your. I mean, not everybody's going to do this, obviously. Exactly. <laughs> not everybody A does. Few people are. Um, um, and I really value those friends who are mm. capable of creating like an honest, thoughtful dialogue on their pages. They'll post something controversial, mm-hmm. and then they'll say like, "Hey guys, what do you think of this?" And mm. instead of just knee-jerk reactions, people will actually bring some thought into the conversation. Yeah. Which I think is what's needed. That's act, honestly, that's like partly what attracts me to journalism. Mm. The type of journalism that I prefer. Mm-hmm. I know some types of journalism are not like that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just seeing different viewpoints and being able to create a dialogue around them mm-hmm. is important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, in your job now at Honolulu Magazine? Mm-hmm. Um, Hawaii Magazine. Hawaii Magazine. It's a sister publication to Honolulu. Okay. Same office. There you go. <laughs> um, like, do you still, like, engage in that kind of stuff? Or since you're, or, or what's what's different, um, if anything? I'm actually under contract to not talk about my politics in public. Okay. So, there there is that. Um, mm-hmm. We're a privately owned company, mm-hmm. owned by local guy. Mm. Um, and I actually kind of appreciate that sometimes, so... Mm. I appreciate that I'm not called upon to like take a side rather than trying to see all viewpoints. Mm-hmm. And maybe in that regard, the internet gives us too much freedom that we don't know what to do. We don't know when to shut up. There's and too when many to viewpoints being thrown at you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And I don't know. In some ways, it makes it more difficult to form your own viewpoint. I guess if you're if you come to it as a blank slate, which of course nobody is, you were always raised in a certain way. Your parents had certain viewpoints. Your teachers mm-hmm. had certain viewpoints. Your friends, right? You know, nobody is really a blank slate when it comes to that. And so when you come online, like you just get bombarded with all kinds of people saying all kinds of things, and somehow you have to form your own opinions out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think a key thing there is being aware of where you come from and what those beliefs are and mm-hmm. not what just they mean to you, but what they mean to other people. Right. And educated enough to know whether the viewpoints you were raised with are right or wrong. Right. I mean, some things are factual, some things are opinion. Mm-hmm. To know the difference is a victory, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're starting like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, one of the, the, the key things I've taken from my dad ever since I was a kid was being willing to be wrong. Hmm. I mean, even though sometimes he can be a bit strong in his opinions, and I get that from him as well, he, if, if you can point out to him, you know, like, wait a second, that makes me feel a certain way, or that actually means this in this context, and he's like, oh, hmm, let me think about that. And then he <laughs> thinks on it, and he comes back, he's like, I was wrong, and I apologize. And, you know, then he, he course corrects. And That's a great example. That's actually pretty impressive. Yeah. It, and that's, <laughs> I wish more people would do that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I try as well. That's that's what hanging out with smart people, especially nerds, gets me to. Like, most of my friends will not hesitate to call me when I'm wrong, and they won't pull punches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that that's something that I expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something that I require of my friends. Mm-hmm. If I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, I'll be like, oh, sorry. I guess I need to do more research. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're still your friends afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right on. <laughs> Oh, we hit that hour and a half mark. Huh. Um, again, not not trying to just cut it off, but I don't want to draw it out either. Okay. Um, what else? Let's see, I think we 
I've actually hit pretty much everything on here. We have a lot of common friends on Facebook, I noticed. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, and I hope we can do, I don't know. I'd like to think I have a good cross-section of the island on my Facebook. <laughs> well, nice. actually, no. Um, it's, it's mostly come from my job over the years, from just going out and meeting so many people. Sure, yeah. And... Like, having a nice conversation with them and mm-hmm. wanting to keep them at hand, mm-hmm. which is what Facebook is great for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope this uh, serves to um, help promote you and your um, um, uh, <laughs> things. I don't know what the right word is. I don't. I can't things, brain today. Stuff. Uh, yeah. And stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, do you have uh, places where you'd like people to follow you on social media? Um, like Instagram, Twitter, if they like, <laughs> <laughs> if we have at least 50 mutual friends now, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, you can follow my Instagram. It's C H A N T S 808 oh, yeah. chance 808. Uh-huh. My standard handle is chant 808, but, uh, my first Instagram account had a glitch and it got banned for no reason. Ah. I don't know why. I was, all I was doing was posting pictures of food and sunsets. <laughs> but, <Huh. laughs> but, uh, um, so, yeah, it has an S in it now. Okay. And then, I don't know, just Steampunk Hawaii, the group, if oh, you're interested yeah. in Steampunk at all. Uh-huh. Just look us up on Facebook. It's a very large group. Um, Indeed. I give precedence to people from Hawaii who are interested. We do have friends from all over the country, all over the world, actually. Visitors who have come in, and they're part of some steampunk group somewhere else. I've actually made some very good friends that way. Cool. Um, one of our guys is a steampunk ambassador from Seattle, Washington, who he's got family on Kauai, I believe. Nice. What does that mean, steampunk ambassador? Well, he travels literally all over the world and hangs out with steampunks in just about every scene. Like he's he's got stories from Iceland, Germany, um, New York, San Francisco. You know, everywhere. Uh-huh. He's uh, friends with the king of this steampunk kingdom in Iceland. Actually, whoa! It's called, I think, Bilbalia, something like that. That's awesome. Um. It's a steampunk village that pops up, and I think it's basically year-round. Okay. But they have, like, a royal court. They've got culture. Just all this neat stuff. And then he'll come back, and he'll tell us stories about, like, Iceland. And we'll be like, okay, well, you know, please convey our aloha to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or steampunk New Zealand. Yeah. He actually went to New Zealand and carried a message from us to them, which was kind of cool. That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I'm yeah. going to try to come to the next meeting. That's sure. like my dream job. I wish I could get paid for something <laughs> like that. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, oh, crap. I was going to ask a very important question. Um, 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 oh, do you know anything about the Renaissance Fair? I, I saw a thing. I know that it's likely not going to happen this year. Arr. Um, I know that they need to get the right people involved before it'll happen. Mm. And from what I could tell, it's still in the initial planning phases. Okay. Who are the right people? Um, the people who have been involved in run fairs in the past. The people oh. who are capable of organizing crafters mm. and organizing related interested groups. Like, we actually have... 
a large crossover in the steampunk group who are interested in Renaissance fairs as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the people from the mainland who grew up with Renaissance fairs, myself mm-hmm. included. Mm-hmm. I would always, when I was in California, like our classes would always take the bus ride down the mountain and um, I can't remember, it was called like Renaissance Days or something. It was this mm-hmm. week long festival that mm-hmm. they would just set us loose on. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. It was like a village we could just run around and like see the jousting matches yeah. and, and uh, I don't know, just see all the cool sights at a Renaissance fair. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Um, so I am rooting for them. I'm hoping they're going to get it off the ground, but I think um, it's not quite there yet. Okay. So yeah, I remember seeing a, an interest invite uh, mm-hmm. on Facebook, and I didn't go to my first run fair till six years ago, oh. right before I left for the Navy. Where uh, was that? Columbus, Ohio. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it wasn't in Columbus. Uh, it was like south of there, but it was fantastic. Neat. Turkey legs, the beer, the jousting. Amazing. So really it's, it's kind of better to go once you're over the age of 21, just yeah. because there's um, <laughs> there's certain, need to be drunk. There's certain entertainments that are not so appropriate for children. Let's oh put it that yeah, way. yeah, afraid of that too. <laughs> Missed out on that. Um, but, the beer uh, wenches. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What would a red fairy look like in Hawaii? Do you think? I don't know. I mean, like I say, it really depends on the people involved and how committed they are and how yeah. knowledgeable they are. Because in, in, in my perception, it favors colder weather because mm. of the stuff you want to wear. Yeah. And it's outside. Well, steampunk does, too, to a certain extent. I mean, yeah. it originated in the UK. Okay. So it's kind of one of those, like, you can't stay out in the sun for very long without dying, so you just <laughs> got to take the pictures quick. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm looking for higher elevation venues yes. <laughs> during, for my group during the summer, yes. just because I don't want people keeling over of heat stroke. Volcano Village on Big Island. That would be awesome if I could get people to fly over. Yeah. Um, I know there's some interested steampunks on Big Island, actually. Mm. One of the organizers of Hawaii Con is interested in starting something, so I'm like trying to encourage him to start his own group. Nice. That's <laughs> awesome. That's- yeah. Um, and it's spreading to the other islands too with Maui's Comic Con. Mm. Um, a few there were a few steampunk people who came out of the woodwork, mm-hmm. and I'm connected with this wonderful couple over there who's <laughs> they actually do something that I've never seen before, which is hippie steampunk. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> it's like '60s and steampunk mixed. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, very interesting, but um, yeah, that creative community is all over the world, and mm. it's growing it's definitely. Fantastic. Awesome. Um, shoot, there's, I mean, there's a lot more to talk about, but, you know, just be like, so what do you think of Star Wars? Or, we'll have um, to save it for another time. Maybe sure. we can have an entire episode just dedicated to Firefly or something. I would love that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, what I, what I do love about Firefly is I didn't get into it until uh, Serenity was in theaters. Hmm, likewise. And, and, oh, and so, um, you know, uh, you know, the first a friend of mine gave me a hard drive with the first season, or the only season, the episodes on it, and I, I watched it over the course of a week, and then I we went to see Serenity in the theater, and it was ah, uh, so great. Yeah, I saw Serenity first. And then I bought the DVDs. Ah. <laughs> I saw Serenity first, and mm. I thought it was just a standalone movie, like I had no idea that it was part of a greater series. Mm-hmm. Um, and then somebody else started mentioning Firefly, and I was like, why are you, like, what relationship do these two things have in common mm-hmm. um, and then I watched Firefly and I loved it so, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I got and then I went back and watched Serenity again of course mm-hmm. yes <laughs> yeah and then um, you know watched it uh, rewatched it over the years and then um, I don't know why but when I rewatch this stuff 
Firefly, Battlestar Galactica, the, the reboot, mm-hmm. uh, with my wife, I get so much more out of it now. Does she make commentary? No, all the time? not so much. And I maybe it, well, Battlestar Galactica especially spoke to me because it's the space navy, basically. Yeah, and I loved Battlestar Galactica. I actually got to meet the admiral because um, he was here last year. Yeah, I interviewed him last year. No way! Yeah. Oh my god! And I was trying so hard not to fangirl. Yes! <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah. Because um, um, I, I, we were gonna try to go last year because I saw that he was gonna be one of the panelists and. For some reason, it didn't work out. Oh, because our baby was like two Aww. months old by that point, I think. And we were just pulling our hair out, trying to figure out how to live life. Um, oh, I did meet Grace Park, though. Oh, yeah. Grace uh, Park. Well, she's been here for a while because yeah. she was filming 5-0. I, and I totally failed. Um, <laughs> we're, um, through mutual friends, we went to a, um, uh, a restaurant's uh, grand opening party, whatever thing, where there's mm-hmm. you know, free drinks and food. And she was there. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And um, all evening and finally, like, you know, our, our friend, you know, I was like, is it is it cool to just go up and talk to her? And she's like, yeah, you don't ask permission. Just you go. have to do it really casually, though. She's, Grace Park is kind of a mm-hmm. strange one. Oh, yeah. Like, she's she's got a lot of rabid fans. I am. Yeah, of course. Um, it's one of those, especially if you're like a big celebrity and a beautiful woman, it's mm-hmm. a little more difficult. Yes. Yes, indeed. And uh that's yeah, so part of the reason I wanted my wife to come up with me. Um, and so, like, it was it was loud, it was late, <laughs> and it was like, uh, hey, I just wanted to say, hey, uh, <laughs> you're cool, love your work in Battlestar and Hawaii 5.0, of course, but especially Battlestar, <laughs> and uh, just uh, thanks for, for doing stuff. And she was like, yeah, yeah, cool, thanks, man. And um, so that was it. Um, oh. Meeting Edward James almost was yes. pretty incredible, though, because oh aside from being a great actor, he's also um, he's a great man. Mm. Like um, he's been a longtime advocate for Hispanic American rights. No kidding. Um, he's oh, so cool. yeah, he's a philanthropist. Mm. He's also a producer and director. Mm. Um, <clears throat> And he was also in a band, too. <laughs> of course. He used to be a rock musician in nice. the 70s. Or not in the 70s, I'm sorry. Um, at age 15, he was in a band. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but he was just a very, very cool guy. I'm sure. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> yeah, one of these... Well, <laughs> like my rationale is, or, or my goal, is to be able to meet these people, <laughs> but not as a fan, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, as a, as a colleague or something. Well, that's partly what I love about journalism, too, is mm. it's your job to talk to these people. Yes. So you have to stay professional. Mm-hmm. There's a certain level to your conversation that mm. somebody who just comes up as a fan is not going to get. Right. You know, it's mm-hmm. the time, the attention. Exactly. And... I, I, I admit, I tweeted at Carrie Elwes because he's coming for the, oh, yeah. the Hawaii Con. Oh, that'll be up. Um, pretty awesome. I was like, hey, just wondering if maybe you'd like to be on my podcast. And of course, <laughs> haven't heard anything uh, back. You gotta but, find uh, his manager first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, fandom is fun. That would be fun, though. Yeah. yeah. Such a cool guy. He seems like a, such a cool guy. And I never knew he did anything other than Princess Bride until I saw Saw. Actually, no, Twister. Twister? Wait, he was... Was he in Twister? Yeah, he was oh. the bad guy, the, oh. the, the evil tornado chaser. Okay. Who stole all Bill Paxton's ideas? I do not remember that. Oh, that's such a good movie. <laughs> it was cool. on TV like a couple weeks ago, and oh. it holds up. I feel. Okay. Yeah, it's cool. a lot of fun. Yeah. 
Oh, and then, yeah, never mind. Well, the, the <laughs> passing of Bill Paxton. Yeah. And there's this, like, this, there's one scene, a two shot of him and Philip Seymour Hoffman. And it's just like, oh, two legends. Kind um, of did you see that when he passed the tornado chasers in the Midwest, actually, um, mm-hmm. they checked in with their GPS in a pattern that I think spelled his character's name? Yeah, I saw that. That was very touching. That was really sweet. Yeah. Well, you're probably going to have to cut some of this, huh? No, not at all. No, this is great. This is fun. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun. Um, definitely would like to bring you back. I've got a couple of folks who've already said they want to come back. So yeah, Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Maybe we can just have a roundtable at some point. Yes, that would be great. Just got to get more microphones. One obscure topic. Go. Yes. <laughs> Right on. Uh, anything else you want to add or say? Um, or? Nothing I can think of right now. I'm trying to come up with a sign-off because my podcast heroes have sign-offs. Nerdist has keep it. No, that's Pete Holmes. <laughs> my God. Um, Nerdist says enjoy your burrito. Never give up. Never surrender. Could could appropriate <laughs> that. Yeah. Although I'm sure there's a Galaxy Quest podcast out there that does that. Uh, um, Excelsior. Nope. Can't do that Stanley. one. That one's copyrighted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really like, um, do you know John Green? Mm-hmm. Ever heard of him? John Green, the author, did uh, Fault in Our Stars, wrote the book the movie's based off oh, of. Oh, I didn't see that movie. Um, no. He also has a podcast Not with his familiar. brother Hank, and they do all sorts of YouTube stuff. You should check them out. They're really cool. Okay. Their thing is, they're from, um, they, said they're, they sign off their podcast with, and as we always say in our hometown, don't forget to be awesome. I would love like some kind of positive thing, <laughs> and I just can't think of anything without being... Unoriginal. Well, I guess you're just going to have to Google it, huh? Okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh, that could be it. I guess you'll just have to Google it. Have a good well, day. just Google it was uh, already it. done. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Well, anyway. I have faith in you. You'll think of something. I hope so. Before I get too many more episodes in. You're, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, this actually isn't going up until... Um, Two, wait, do, do, yeah, two weeks from tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, because I saw, I saw you post on Facebook. I was like, oh, yay, but no. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. I'll take no, that down. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, two weeks from tomorrow, and uh, would love to have you on again. Um, maybe maybe with Star. Uh, maybe some other Steam. Maybe do a Steampunk episode. That'd that be, could be fun. fun. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. A lot of fun. Indeed. Indeed.